Condon. Ken Miller. Trent Condon. Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO. And now on 106.3 FM. All right, good morning, everybody, and welcome in. Miller and Condon here on a Thursday, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO, 106.3 FM. We appreciate you some uh, spending some of your morning, your miserable morning, <laughs> weather-wise. You don't have to shovel it, Trent, That's if we're good. looking for a silver lining in all of this. Uh, welcome to the program. BMW of Des Moines guest list looks like this Thursday, 1030. That means Stephen M. Sipple from the Lincoln Journal Star as the pressure is on those Huskers now. They've got a start putting a string together and they've got four left and need to win three to get to postseason purdue ohio state wisconsin and iowa pretty tough path but simple will join us at the bottom of the hour as they the huskers are coming off a bye week before playing purdue lee sterling from paramount sports will join us at about 10 45 he's got a handful of games uh, that he wants to opine on and we look forward to that with lee probably closer to 10 50 at 1105 dave sinekin he's the head the packers play tonight thursday night seven and oh versus six and one not bad now, the rosters have taken a significant hit. That's the problem. Right. Six and a half. Now here, John Derry Hopkins is iffy with a hamstring. Mm-hmm. He hasn't practiced all week, but it's a short week. Will he or won't he? And if he does, how long will he last? We know J.J. Watt apparently is going to, uh, if he hasn't this morning, is about to undergo season-ending su- surgery. He's one of those guys, right? Just an incredible player, but man, the games that he has missed due to injury. Uh, Watt now out for the season. We know what's going on on the other side of the football with the Packers. Alan Lazard being one of them, um, who's going to miss the game. Um, did not get his COVID shot, and he's got COVID. And he will not play in the game here tonight. So um, that's the story of the game. But we'll talk to Dave Sinekin about it at 11.05. And then Bill Bender at 11.25 from the Sporting News. Opining on a pretty good slate of games uh, here this uh, this coming weekend. We deserve it after football. last weekend. Yeah, you're right. Although it turned out pretty fun. It did. <laughs> right? Especially the first, uh, uh, the first time slot, the 11 o'clock time slot that looks just like crap. And it mm-hmm. turned out to be anything but. I mean... Uh, just terrific football games. But on paper, and they don't play them on paper, I get it. It looks like this weekend will be a whole lot different. So I'm trying to come up with a game plan, and I'm not alone. Dads out there, moms, people that have little kids. Well, when is Beggar's Night? Day before Halloween. So Saturday. Saturday. Oh, boy. Right. Now, Iowa and Iowa State will be done yep. by the time that comes around. That's but the good news. We're heading right into basically the midday window, the 2.30 window. Uh-huh. When do you guys head out? 5 o'clock. Oh, do you really? Yeah, 5, 6, probably we there until 7. We had a steadfast rule 6 when I was a kid. The 6 was the, the rule right. back then. We probably want to get them going a little earlier right. as opposed to later when there maybe is a glimpse of light out there. But regardless, it's going to be the fourth quarter of those 2.30 games. Mm-hmm. Let's say Florida Georgia mm. is tight. I mean, that one. Do you think it will in. be? Maybe. Okay. It's a rivalry game. Yeah. Georgia's offense is nothing right home about. Exactly. Yeah. And speaking of that, I got a question for you. Uh, speaking of Georgia, here in just a moment, okay. as we'll get back into sports. But uh, all the games going on in that window. So, what's the best game plan? Just DVR it. Don't even worry about it. Don't look at the phone. Just enjoy kids. <laughs> Halloween. Have fun. And yeah. I think so. I think that's or it. Do I bring it, earbud? 
get the game on the radio. <laughs> well, you're betting it? Oh, will I be betting it? Well, if you've, if you've got a... I know I'll, I'll have some games that are going on at that point, right, too. Right, right. What else is... Purdue, Nebraska floats my boat. I want to you know, watch the Nebraska game. Right. But um, there'll be games going on at that time yeah. that'll be coming down to the mm-hmm. wire and just trying to figure the best course of action. I think it's just DVR. If it's there's two tight ones, I'll just DVR them both, catch up later in the evening, eat some Halloween candy, have so a couple of snickers. So what time will it all come to an end, though, for you? Seven, maybe? Yeah. yeah, something like that. But then the kids are running around, right, because they're pretty jacked up and they've got a sugar high. Oh, yeah, yeah, there'll be a lot of that. I won't be able to catch up in the same way. I think that's what it is. Yeah. I don't think I'm going to be able to see the conclusion of games in their entirety in that direction and then... Dad gets to get into get his pick of the candy after that. <laughs> nice. Uh, we don't get any kids at our house. We not at all. We have not had kids at our house in years. Are there years? younger couples that live in your no. little development, though? Cindy and I are the youngest. <laughs> and we're in our early no. 60s. <laughs> Wait. Honestly. You don't live in a retirement community. No, we don't, but we're the youngest. Really? Yes. I can't think of anybody on our street that's younger than us. No, they're nice places up there, but you'd think there'd be maybe a younger single guy, you know, he's got a good job at Wells, something like that, right on the golf course. Nothing. Not a a soul. The new Uh, retirement community of Anchor. I think it is, but, and I'm not complaining by any means. I mean, there's... They're not loud. They're not. (laughs) Neighbors are not up all night bothered you, that's for sure. And the other thing is they don't bring the grandkids over because no one on the street... Oh, yeah. I mean, we went, my wife used to go crazy. Until last year, put all this stuff out, candles all over the place, mm-hmm. spooky stuff where you you walk by it and something triggers. Yeah. But why? Because there's nobody that comes. Right. Nobody that comes. I'm very excited this year, too, because in the past, when we're trick-or-treating with the kids, we always put out, of course, the candy bowl. People come by, neighbors, and right, take one sign. Yourself, yeah. yeah, yeah. But there's always, of course, those. Well, that's where, ring, that's where ring comes in. We have a new ring this Do year. You? Yes. So I'm going to be able to see. And I know anymore... A lot of the kids in our neighborhood, I know them well. Yeah. I can't wait. To I see am, which one's I'm, the culprit. Yeah, I'm going to get after them. Uh, they, they return again. So have you, that's, I, I'm, you know, we're on the, um, I'm seriously thinking of getting one, but nobody comes to work. I'm not complaining. Nobody comes to your door. No, we didn't even buy any candy this year. So yeah. we did at least last year. Um, and then I brought it here and put it in the break room <laughs> right. the, the day after. And the bags were full. Um, but have you, if you actually spent some time going over the tape of of ring so what happens does it only do you only get an alert if somebody shows up on yes, it yes yeah okay. there, there's so a couple to watch of hours right before you get some activity yeah. okay it'll tell you if there's motion or if there's somebody actually close enough to your front door that it kind of tricks nice. it that way yeah, and how much sweet. is it a month uh, it's not even a monthly well maybe it's 10 bucks i don't my wife set up that part of it 10 bucks a month something like I that no no it's it's great and yeah. You know, we're gone a lot on weekends and packages being delivered right. and that kind of thing. And we had a lost package at one point. Oh, we actually saw our neighbor across the street, Alan, came over and picked it up. Well, which was good. Yeah. And like, oh, okay, Alan has it. Great. Right. So we don't have to freak out and start calling, you know, the postal service mm-hmm. or whoever delivered the package. And it's a nice little feature. Technology can be good. No, I'm with you. And See what Amazon's forward. doing? And what? what? I'm sorry, what did you say? Well, you're coming forward with technology. I am. Building. I'm trying. Um, Amazon takes a picture of it and texts it to you. Oh, nice. Yeah. So they can prove that, yeah, no, 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 we dropped it off. It's some crook that was driving up and down your street. Anyways, uh, let's... Uh, it shows you how bad last game's World Series was. You know what? That's a great point, Trent. Yeah. It was terrible. No, but credit where credit's due. I didn't think Urquidy could do what he did last night. He got that early. Two innings in. Absolutely. Ticket cast of over three and a half strikeouts. He was, what did he finish up with? He had seven. Seven, yeah. Uh, last I looked. Now, look, he got a couple of really 
fortunate calls in the first mm-hmm. inning. Who was behind the plate? Was it Ted Barrett? Last night it was Culpa. Culpa. Okay. Where was Barrett? Barrett was at second. Okay. No, he had to play at second base, the the transfer right. Um, uh, you rung up Freeman on ball four. Mm-hmm. Um just a couple of them early in the baseball game that in the first inning, I thought, you know what? This isn't good. Riley. Riley was the other one. Put it behind an account. But, you know, yeah, that's not I'm not that's not the excuse that they lost. You know what? The, the Astros won because of the infield. Yes. At the, the infield when they had a bat in their hand. I saw a stat this morning at the Athletic. Trent, this is a, a, an infield. And I get that we'll always remember the Astros for being the cheaters that they were. But this is an historically good infield as opposed to when it comes to games being played, offense being generated by those guys, Altuve, Bregman, uh, Correa, uh, and Gurriel at first base. This is historically good. If these guys continue on the path that they are on and put together careers that go into their late 30s, we're talking about three Hall of Famers. Uh, who's the one you're leaving out? Gurriel? Probably. Yeah, I think so too. Even though he's the batting crown. He won the batting. Yeah, I don't think he's too late in his career. Jose Altuve being five foot mm-hmm. five is going to help too. Mm-hmm. This little guy putting up these kind of look numbers that, throughout his career. Look at the bombs he hits at that. Yeah. Is he, I think he's five six to be fair to him. Okay. <laughs> I tower over him by right. maybe an inch. You got him by an inch. <laughs> yes. He, uh, he hits a whole run last night. My wife's like, what's that little guy doing out I there? Know. I'm like, he's hitting bombs. He always does. That's what he does. Mm-hmm. But if, those three guys, what they've done to this point in their careers, continue on this path. You're talking about three Hall of Famers yeah. in one infield. Right. That doesn't happen. No. Very seldom. You're 100% right. Yeah, you go back to the great Reds teams of the 70s yeah. and just the depth that they yeah. had. You talk about some of the great the A's teams, but Walt Weiss is not a Hall of Famer. Right, right. Carly Lansford, did he good get player. in? I'm trying to figure out the, the big red machine. Um, I know Joe Morgan did. Joe Morgan did. I know Pete Rose should, but but isn't. Uh, Concepcion, no. No. Uh, Tony Perez. Tony Perez. I don't think he got... Did he finally get in? He was close. Anyways. But excellent point. Three Hall of Famers. Possible Hall of Famers here. Still a lot of career left Mm -hmm. in front of all of them. Mm -hmm. And even... Was Correa the oldest of the three? He's eligible for free agency, so I'm thinking he He's 27. He's only 27. Holy crap. Altuve is 31, so he would be the oldest. And then you have Bregman, who is 27 as well. And, and he never got a hit last night, but drove in the first run. He <laughs> hit some balls incredibly hard. Uh, amazing. I mean, that, that they somehow didn't find a spot was... But Siri did. I mean, <laughs> that was huge. That that slow roller to second base, everybody's safe, and then they threw the ball around the infield. Um, Rosario got charged with the air, throwing the ball to third base. There was nobody there covering the base. Eesh. That's Eddie Rosario I remember very well. Yeah, indeed. And we've and, talked about this as hot as he's been in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. He can be really good, yep. and he can be really bad. Well, he was last night. So both games have been really drama-free if you're a fan. Yeah. Uh, hopefully when the series switches to Atlanta, and it will tomorrow with games Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. I'm all in in Game 3. Be a lot of looking at Twitter, Games 4 and 5, <laughs> uh, as to how this thing's unfolding. They'll alert you if you need to flip over. I think so, Trent. The, the Sunday night game, to me, is... I. I of all the games that are unfolding this weekend, it's my favorite. It is for me too, right? Yeah. You know, college football, Michigan, Michigan State will be great. Of course, we got the locals involved. Well, and that's, will be the, that's the thing because Wisconsin and I were on the same time. As but that. I know where I'm flipping, and it's going to be Fox mm-hmm. for Michigan, Michigan State in between. And then you got to figure out, of course, at one o'clock with the ESPN Plus and yeah. the different inputs and getting that all set up. But yeah, it's uh, that Sunday night game. The Vikings have played a lot better defensively here the last few weeks before the bye week last mm-hmm. week. 
is that something to get excited about, or is it more who they played? Has Zimmer seemingly always coaching guys up? You know, got yeah. some old guys that came back yeah. in, Everson Griffin and the like. Mm-hmm. Is it that they're playing pretty well, getting coached up, and they're getting to that level, or is it just you play teams like the Panthers? Let's slow down on it. I don't know how much I I want to believe. I think this is a talented enough team to mm-hmm. be a playoff team. Mm-hmm. But I'm not sure how far to go with this Vikings. Where are you? Well, let's let's go through their their six games so far. So their losses are all against I think playoff teams. They lost to the Bengals, and if it woulda shoulda, Dalvin Cook was not down. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they missed field goal. They lost to the Cardinals, who are unbeaten, and they lost to the Browns, and that was a tight football game. Their wins are over Seattle, who doesn't look like a playoff team, mm-hmm. the Lions, who are not a playoff team, and the Panthers, and had to go to overtime yeah. to seal that one. And lucky to beat the Lions. So and lucky to, and lucky to beat the Lions. Good point. So, for me, the game is more about the, the Cowboys mm-hmm. and Dak Prescott in particular because I don't know if this guy's. I, I know he's not going to be a hundred percent, but this is a this is a team, Trent, that I think can get to the Super Bowl. The Cowboys. Yes, I'm with you. You can throw it against them, uh-huh. but they still got a great corner over they there do. too. Yes, they do. <laughs> I mean, how many digs? How many weeks in a row has Diggs got a pick? Like it's crazy the, the the streak that he's on right now. Um, and their defense is good, and their offense is good. The receivers are as good as there is in the league. And Dak Prescott is playing like an MVP. They're, they're and they're they're going to win the East by daylight, right? Six games, yeah, almost by default. But I can't wait for that game. They might win the division seriously by six games. They could, yeah, they could, because they go thirteen and four. I wouldn't be surprised. Who do they means. have Thanksgiving? Dude, I, I mean, I, we knew this at one point because that's the first place I look when the schedule comes out. Yes. As to who plays on Thanksgiving. So the Dallas Cowboys, Thanksgiving this year, it is, that's a Thursday. They got the Raiders, which not bad. turns out to be a lot yeah. better game than anticipated. And the Lions have, is it the Bears, the Bears. or the Cowboys? The Bears, okay. Yeah. And then the night game's decent too, isn't it? I think you're right. Let me scroll through to the full schedule there that weekend. Bills at the Saints. Pretty, pretty good. I could watch football all day long. Mm-hmm. Well, <laughs> yeah, why not? So this uh, this Saints games intrigues me this weekend, too. We had Kenny White yesterday. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of Saints love out there. This what is, am I missing? This is setting up to be that pros versus Joes game that right. we like to talk about. Every handicapper, I'm the exact same way that I've listened to this week, yeah. that I've read this week, all on the Saints. Right. And you and me and people just, oh, of course, the Buccaneers. That Saints offense is so limited. They ow, were in ow, Seattle ow. on Monday night. It's, it's a short turn. week. Everything. The Buccaneers didn't have to play anybody in the second half of the game against the Bears. Right. It's all setting up mm-hmm. here. Yet the pros love the Saints. I don't get it. I don't either. From what I've seen out of this squad, the Saints are not as good. I don't think they're as good as the record says they are. It also feels like they've had like three bye weeks. <laughs> Yeah, I just don't feel like I've seen well, a ton of the Saints. Well, they started point. on the road. Remember, they, yeah, I mean, they yeah. they got they had to leave New Orleans. Um, yeah, I don't get that. The other game, I don't get. I can't find anybody other than me that's p- picking Michigan to beat Sparty. I've seen Michigan love out there. Have you, boy? I haven't. So that leads me to a question that I had for you. Let's say Georgia does lose. Florida gets them. Mullen pulls the upset. All the, you know, there's starting to be a little bit of murmurs about him and if he's the right guy for the job. Then the SEC champ gets in 
only. No, no, no. I'm, I'm not going that far ahead. You know, okay. I'm not fast forwarding to December. All right. I'm fast forwarding to Saturday afternoon, or Sunday afternoon, mm-hmm. when the AP poll comes out. Okay. Who's the number one team in the country? Cincinnati wins. They beat Tulane. Oklahoma. Who's Oklahoma, Oklahoma wins against? Who do they have this week? Oklahoma, Texas Tech. Okay. And Michigan does beat Michigan State. Who's the number one team? Alabama. In- they're yeah, there. Ohio yeah, State's yeah, in the mix. Yeah, Oregon's yeah. in the mix. But uh, right now, it's Cincinnati's number two. The answer is, and Michigan would have to come from where? Because where are they? Six? Yes. And Oklahoma's four and Ohio State is five? AP poll right here. Georgia, Cincinnati, Alabama's so your question, three. Your question to me is, would they elevate Cincinnati to one if Georgia loses? That's the question. Mm-hmm. I think they have to. It matters, obviously, how these games play out. If Michigan wins 27-3, I think they have a real... But can you jump them from 6-1? to Well, it's not... It's the poll as a whole, remember. And for the most part, I I think you see those big kind of jumps when things like this happen. Because Michigan, it feels like, is still in that prove-me state. Mm You've got to see it. Because the schedule hasn't been overly daunting for Right, for both teams this week. Michigan State as well. But if they do that and do it in impressive fashion, they're mm-hmm. there. Oklahoma, we remember last week against yeah, Kansas. They're but on fire. Maybe they pulverize them. And we see Caleb Williams just dominate, and they win 55-17. Yeah, yeah. I think Alabama, or Oklahoma, excuse me, would be there. But let's just say that it's just workmanlike victories. Kind of standard vic- Around the point spread, how about that? Okay. Oklahoma wins 40-24. And Michigan wins 27-23. And since he has a impressive... Performer, they they, they win forty one seventeen. Okay, against Tulane. Mm-hmm. Is Cincinnati the number one team? I in think the country? they are. I think they are. Ohio State's got that loss to Oregon. Mm-hmm. I don't think Oregon's worth a crap. I'm starting to wonder if um, the Ohio State is kind of fool's gold when we think they're playing better. Mm-hmm. They've beaten Tulsa, Akron, Rutgers, Maryland, and Indiana since right. the loss to Oregon. I mean, that's not exactly murderers. No, not at all. Not at all. And teams also not only aren't very good. But you also look at circumstances in those games. Just go back to last week. Indiana was playing without their top three cornerbacks mm-hmm. against that wide receiver room. Right, 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 right. right. Yeah, that, that's a little bit scary. Yeah. And the offensive limitations of all of those teams that you talked about, is Ohio State's defense really back? Or is it more? Well, that's what They play I'm crappy wondering. offenses. That's what I'm wondering. Yeah, I... I... Because I was all over, I'm all over Ohio State as a boy, their arrow is pointing mm-hmm. up. But then you look at it Tulsa, Akron, Rutgers, Maryland, Indiana. Digging a little deeper. Right? Yeah, not a whole lot there. Yeah, I, I'm with you. All right, 1020 on a, uh, on, on a Thursday morning. Uh, lots coming up on the program. Interesting question, Trent. If Georgia gets beat, which leads me to believe as I look ahead to tomorrow and your picks. That you're starting to maybe, just maybe, have an opinion uh, on the cocktail party, and maybe not. It's maybe it's not Georgia who you like. Look, I'm on Cincinnati. I still think Cincinnati is going to be the first Group of Five team to get one of those berths. We shall see. But until proven wrong or something happens, I'm going to stick with that uh, opinion. Let's take a quick call. Uh, then we will get into Stephen M on the. Uh, Huskers getting set to play Purdue. Do you have an opinion on that game? Not really. Yeah. Uh, it feels a little heftier than you think point spread wise. Did they know something? I don't know. I mean, it's, it's, uh, uh, I said it last week or the last couple. Nebraska has to win. Yeah, yeah right. 
I mean, they've got Wisconsin, Ohio State, and Iowa as their last three. Please. The Wisconsin and Iowa games may be not quite as difficult as mm-hmm. we thought. In Ohio State, like you said, we don't know, but... Right. They gotta, gotta get this uh, The Huskers have another bye coming up. Yeah, because they played in Because August. they played that Week Zero game. Uh, Anthony would like to join the program. We're happy to have him. Hello, Anthony. What's on your mind? Yeah, I, I've just got this odd feeling. Now, I'm not a Michigan fan by any means. I'm a Big Ten fan in general, but no. if... Michigan, if Michigan handles Michigan State, now you remember Michigan State. Michigan State's ranked right below. They're eight, yes. Yeah. And and if you're looking at the big picture in a top ten matchup like that, mm-hmm. if Michigan puts a hole in Michigan State, and Cincinnati has a close game with Tulane, I think you're looking at a mix up in the top. That's fair. Um, I'm not saying I'm not saying that Cincinnati is not going to go number one, but I am saying Michigan could be right up in there too. Mm-hmm. That's a fair point. I mean, you're 100 percent right. Michigan State is eight, so you're beating a top ten team, and if you do it impressively, and if Georgia gets picked off, and Oklahoma struggles a little bit against or just doesn't you know doesn't impress mm-hmm. against Texas Tech. Uh, that's fair, Anthony. That's fair. This is why, I mean, remember when the playoffs going to ruin the, the regular season of college football BS. <laughs> you guys uh, have a good one. Thank you, Thanks, Anthony. Anthony. Appreciate the call. Um, I think Michigan's got a shot to get yeah. there. Isn't that All crazy? All the way to one. Yeah, yeah. Because they're playing the eighth-ranked team in the country. And that's the, an excellent point. The number two-ranked team is Cincinnati. Mm-hmm. That's the reason for it. Mm-hmm. The third-ranked team, Alabama, not only has a loss, mm-hmm. but they also don't play this week. Right. Out of sight, out of mind. Right. And Michigan, fresh off. Now, they got to win it easily. And it's got to be a dominating performance, I think, mm-hmm. to get there. But it's a real possibility that we could come in Monday. This is what Georgia obviously <laughs> getting beat with Michigan and Harbaugh, the number one team in the country. Let, let's. I want to look real quick at Michigan State, what they've done. They beat Northwestern on, uh, on Friday night of Labor Day weekend. Mm-hmm. Youngstown State, Miami, who was ranked at the time. Uh, then they beat Nebraska in overtime. Uh, shouldn't have, but that's another collapse by Nebraska. <laughs> Western Kentucky, Rutgers, Indiana. Not a whole right? lot of meat on that bone. No, there's not. And they've you know squeaked by. It's not like they're blowing these teams out. What's their biggest win? I guess they're uh, the Miami. They beat them by twenty by three touchdowns. Mm-hmm. Indiana. They beat them by a handful. Rutgers. They handled convincingly. Nebraska was overtime. Look, we like Walker. Thorne's been a revelation at quarterback. Yes. Walker. The transfer's been incredible. Um, the defense is okay. Mm-hmm. Not a vintage Michigan State defense. You think of the great D'Antonio teams or go way back in the day and Percy Snow out there at linebacker. And that's yep. that's not what this defense is. It's kind of more of an offensive team mm-hmm. than anything. Is the is the is the knock or the not the knock again the, the lack of love maybe for Michigan that I'm seeing based upon the fact that and Babel will bring this up tomorrow. He always does mm-hmm. until Harbaugh beats a Big Ten team. He is two and twelve against top ten teams in his career, including zero and six on the road. Mm-hmm. How do you poke a hole in that? Yeah, right, you can't. If you look at trends, that's a trend. The trend says Michigan State Sparty's going to get it done. That's got to be what's behind it, yeah, right? I think so. All right, let's uh, try and put some money in one of our listeners' pocket here. It's time for another thousand dollar handoff. Uh, text the keyword "cash" to two hundred two hundred right now. It's your chance to win a thousand dollars cash to two hundred two hundred. You'll get a confirmation text and info. Standard data and message rates apply in this nationwide contest. All right, cash to two hundred two hundred. Steven Sipple from the Lincoln Journal Star coming up next. He had a bye week. Wonder who he watched. We'll pick his brain on what he saw this past weekend. Uh, and then we'll hear from Lee Sterling in this hour. We will preview the Packers and the Cardinals at 11.05 before we get back into college football with our friend Bill Bender from the Sporting News. Miller and Condon are on. Des Moines Sports 
Sports Station, 1460, KXNO and 106.8 Expenditure. It's time for Sip. <laughs> Stephen M. Sipple from the Lincoln Journal Star talks with myself and Ken on Nebraska football. I mean, I have a radio show. We have callers. I pay attention to my Twitter notifications and all that. There's definitely some frustration. We talk Cornhuskers, and you never know what else is going to come up. With 30 years on the Nebraska beat, here's Stephen M. Sipple. As long as they're paying me to talk, I'm just going to keep doing it. Hi, welcome back. Miller and Condon, 1460 KX and Owen 106.3 FM. We take you up until noon. Stephen M. Sipple, Lincoln Journal Star. We speak weekly with our friend uh, in Lincoln. As we opine on the Huskers. Uh, four games left for them. They've still got another bye week. They're off last week. They've got they'll play twice, then take a bye week off before finishing Wisconsin and home to Iowa. Hello, Sip, Trent, and Ken. How are you? Oh, I'd say good. Good. I'm, I'm, I'm in kind of a driving situation here. There's construction and it's really narrow, so this could be. I don't know. You can always hear a live wreck. Um, <laughs> nice. how, are, uh, uh, how are things in, in Des Moines? Uh, raining, miserable, just crappy. But um, you know what? No. You don't have to shovel it, so uh, it it could be worse. So, are you driving to another speaking engagement, another luncheon somewhere in rural Nebraska? Exactly, yeah. There's a town south of here called Beatrice. Yeah. Uh, 45 minutes south, and I'm, yeah, I'm southbound right now. Good stuff. Uh, Purdue is the opponent. So, what did you do on your bye week, Sip? Did you do like the rest of us and just sit on the couch and just watch nonstop college football? And if so, I'm assuming with Purdue looming, you watched some of their uh, game this past week when they got, uh, when they were beaten um, by, by Wisconsin, who Iowa sees this week. So, if you watched that game, I'm anxious to get your take on that game. Yeah, I watched a lot of football. Um, it was glorious, I would call it. It makes me always wonder, huh, I wonder what this life would be like if I weren't a sports writer. It'd be pretty nice, I think. I, unfortunately, those thoughts creep into my head a lot. I um, I was struck by a lot of different things. Now, I don't know how your TV set up, but we have Hulu, um, and I'm 55, so I, I'm out, out over my skis. Ditto. But I missed the first half of Purdue, Wisconsin, because I was because the the nine overtime game in Happy Valley. Uh, yeah. So so I did. Uh, I watched all of that, which was magnificent. Um, it was it was fascinating mm-hmm. to be the way they do the two point conversions now. In Except for changing in sip, I thought it, it it added too much time to it. And I get you don't want to do it all in front of the students. That's unfair. Um, but just. Let's go to the other end and play it. It was it was okay. It was different. <laughs> I didn't. Yeah, that part didn't. None, none of it bothered me. I thought it was really interesting. It, it's really difficult because the playbook, you just you just exhaust right. your playbook at some point, and there's just not much you can do. Uh, but anyway, as far as Wisconsin Purdue goes, now I do have a good beat on Purdue because I watched Purdue Iowa in its entirety, and I watched the second half. of Purdue, Wisconsin, and I'd say the things that I mean, I you know, if you're a Nebraska fan, you got to be careful thinking. Okay, look what Wisconsin did: six sacks, forced five turnovers. Nebraska is ranked last in the Big Ten in sacks generated. Okay, so they're probably not going to get six sacks. They can't really do what Wisconsin did, 
which a lot of time rush four or rush three, drop eight, drop seven. Nebraska's not as equipped to play that way. So, I, I mean, as far as Nebraska's defense against Purdue's offense and Wisconsin's defense against Purdue's offense, you get a bit of a false read. Um, and I just took a wrong turn. <laughs> um, but 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 I but I'll tell you, um, I, I don't know Purdue. I, I know I go down this rabbit hole all the time, but what con- what would concern me if I were a Nebraska fan about Purdue is they have a, fir- a surefire first rounder in George Karlaftis. There's mm-hmm. no way he, he'll, Absolutely. he'll go out of the first round. He's right. a surefire and perhaps top fifteen. Yep. David Bell not probably a first rounder, but not that far away from that kind of talk. And Nebraska doesn't have players like that, so I think Purdue's got an advantage there. Um, but it's you know what they're coming off two games Purdue's coming off two games against really really physical teams. Uh, Nebraska's coming off of a bye week, and I do think there's a lot to that. Difficult nature. We talked about the two point conversions with the new overtime rules as you get later into the OTs. A little bit deeper into the red zone than what we're talking about here, but the red zone in general that has been a problem for Nebraska this year. They get on the precipice and then they just can't do it. In fact, they're 105th nationally in red zone efficiency here i know it was a talking point for nebraska this week but what can be done what what can you do to change what has been an issue inside the red zone run your base stuff better get 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 more physical and get sharper running your base offense because the as i talked about with two-point conversions in the red zone your playbook shrinks and it's not about it's not about out scheming people at that point it's about execution and being physical and being able to run the ball. Um, it's just about, it's more about your base offense. So I think that is that, I mean, that's what Scott said this week too. I mean, you can, there's a lot of offshoots to the conversation and you can make it a lot harder than it is, but you know, I think Bill Belichick would tell you, you just got to be able to run the ball better. Um, and a lot of it comes down to that. So I, I don't, I don't, some of these, discussions you can make overly difficult when you don't really have to and i think that's one of them sip i was you know plays wisconsin this week uh the the uh, the total on the game is 36 and a half there's a lot of folks that think that's high um wisconsin's defense is, is is amongst the best in the big 10 so is iowa's graham mertz is is a guy that you know i thought he was taking maybe stardom's not the right word but i thought he was going to have a really productive career what did you see out of him last week statistically i mean five for 12 for 57 yards something as pedestrian as that what uh, what what should fear hawkeye fans about this badger team i know you haven't seen him in person yet but you watched him last week what did you what's your takeaway on the badgers yeah, I saw him. I saw him. Oh, I, I watched a lot of the Army game, and I watched that game last week, the second half. Here's my take on it. It's not. This to me isn't about birds. It's about. I think it's possible that Wisconsin has found a bit of a one-two punch at running yeah, back, and yeah. and found a little bit up front. I mean, they haven't. They haven't. It hasn't been a typical Wisconsin team, and that they haven't been real strong on the offensive line. But against Purdue. It's Braylon Allen and Chez Malusi both went well over 100 yards. Two running backs went well over 100 yards. Now that's saying something because Purdue's a a top 10 defense or a top 15 defense nationally. They're top top 10 in terms of scoring, I believe. Um, 
they're top 15. They're a legit top 15 defense. And Wisconsin ran it really well. The freshman Braylon Allen is a 220-pounder. He's only 17 years old, so his best days are ahead of him. But he looked good in that game. And, I, you know, Malusi's he's good. Um, but, you know, I mean, if they, if they have two guys go over 100, they'll beat Iowa. And I think most people are, are right now, I mean, I think Wisconsin seems to be the team that most mm-hmm. people think are going to win that game. I think I was kind of got his work cut out for you. I agree with you that 36 and a half seems a little high. <laughs> I don't get me wrong. I think, I think it's, it's going to be very close. They're really evenly matched, but I think Wisconsin, I don't know. Wisconsin, you heard Matt Millen maybe on the broadcast last week say Wisconsin might have the best line, or he said they do have the best linebacking core in America. And they're those, those three guys are really good. Yeah, Sam Borden's an absolute <laughs> stud, and, and <laughs> right. yeah, he's not alone up there. They got that behemoth that weighs like 265 playing middle linebacker. This is not the 1980s. You don't see that much anymore, but they got some big dudes out there. Finally, back to the Huskers. Know what's yes. in front of them. To get to 6-6, six and six, you have to go 3-1 and one down the stretch, and Ohio State does loom there. Not an impossibility, but a difficult one. Just the difficult nature of, of leading back off the bye week here for Purdue, knowing... For all intents and purposes, this is a must-win. Have you felt it, you know, listening to the guys, hearing the guys and the coaches this week, just knowing the importance of this game? Yeah, we talk about that at this market all the time, Trent. Every game's the most important game <laughs> yeah. it, it is. It is. Yeah. It's real, we joke about it. Yeah. it that, but that's, what, that's the kind of season Nebraska's in. It's one of those referendum seasons where I said it on your show, I think, one other time where it's like, Every game is a referendum on the program. Then it's followed by a town hall meeting. I mean, it's it's really intense. It's sort of ugly. I I I don't want to say ugly. It's it's it kind of feels uncomfortable a lot of the time because there's a lot of squabbling, you know. Um, but but I, I always spin that in a positive direction. It's a very passionate fan base. People are people are have strong opinions. And that's what you want. And I, you know, as long as we keep it simple, I guess. Stephen M. Sippel, Lincoln Journal Star. Sip, drive safely. Uh, have a good week. Uh, we will talk to you in advance of uh, the Buckeyes coming uh, to Lincoln next uh, next Saturday. Thank you, Sip. Have a great week. Appreciate it. Yeah, yeah. Have a good weekend, guys. Good to talk to you. Stephen M. Sippel from the Lincoln Journal Star. Good stuff out of Sip. If you missed the keyword earlier, this hour's keyword was cash to 200-200. Miller and Condon back. With Lee Sterling, I'll try and help help you win some cash on 1460 KXNO and 10- in Urbandale. Now back to Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO and 106.3 FM. Here's Ken and Trent. All right, Miller and Condon, about 10 minutes before 11 here on a rainy Thursday, 1460 KXNO and 106.3 FM Thursday night football. Tonight, the Packers and the Cardinals. Dave Sinekin kicks off our number two, theheadcheese.com. Right now, he's Lee Sterling, Paramount Sports. He's got one of those five-sport 10-day packages available. And, Lee, I know that you don't have these each and every week, but you've got a nope. major opinion, one of those 40- to 50-unit plays that a couple of times each year uh, yep. you allude to. And one's coming up this weekend. Is that right? Sure is. Uh, Saturday, a 40- to 50-unit max wager where we're documented 53-20 and 20 in our uh, career. So 
found something that the public uh, hasn't been able to figure out, and I think I got an easy winner for. So they want to hop on board uh, and get that. Like I said, we were here till after midnight uh, last Thursday and Friday night. Uh, Ten days, all five sports, football, basketball. We're 8-1 to start the year in basketball. Hockey, number one in the world, maybe. Uh, baseball, World Series, two, and a UFC card this and next week. All 10 days, all five sports, about 75, 80 plays, just a hundo. $100 bill. Get it at ParamountSports.com. First option on the Purchase Picks page. Love that, Lee, and uh, opportunity for people certainly to get involved and find out all the great work that you do over there. Let's get into the games that you give us each and every week, and let's start with the cocktail party down in Jacksonville, Georgia, Florida. Big number here. In fact, this is the biggest Georgia's ever been favored. Is that right? Against the Florida Gators. The number's two touchdowns. What do you got for us, Lee? And what also a lot of people don't realize is the last game Georgia lost was to Florida. Mm-hmm. They were up in the game, and then Kyle Trask just caught fire, uh, and they lost uh, the Bulldogs at 44-28. Now, I think the only way you can beat Georgia is you got to be balanced, and Last year, you could get by throwing the ball to set up the run, but Florida just can't throw the football. I mean, their quarterbacks have already tossed 12 interceptions. How good is Georgia's pass defense? Well, they've only allowed three touchdown passes with eight interceptions. I think JT Daniels is going to start this game, and if he does, they can push the ball down the field more. Uh, payback is a you-know-what. Georgia's 25-7 and against the spread as a road favorite. No Kyle Trask. No shot. Bulldogs big over the Gators, 38-17. Well, big game in the Big Ten East. Ohio State is about 17.5, 18.5, depends where you shop, versus Penn State. Penn State coming off that nine-overtime loss. How do you see this one? Uh, that was painful to watch. I think they went like four to five overtimes with no scores. Was, Am I correct? a lot. Yeah, I think that's it. <laughs> I mean, they couldn't even, like, throw the the running back, couldn't even push it to the quarterback. I mean, you felt the pain watching that thing happen, that play. But uh, here's the thing. They, I just don't know if Penn State can, can get it back here. I mean, they only rushed uh, for 62 yards last week against a team that allowed 391 the week before that. Uh, Illinois was, uh, they just steamrolled through the Penn State defense for 357 Rushing yards, even their quarterback, Sean Clifford, he's not 100%. He was 19 for 34 for 165. Uh, he, it's less than five yards per pass attempt versus bottom feeder Illinois. And on the other hand, Ohio State, they just look like they were sharp, like they're ready to play a national championship game. C.J. Stroud is great. He's got two receivers that might go in the top ten in the draft here. Good luck, Penn State. Ohio State. 46-16. Oh, big one in there. Another big one in the Big Ten East. Michigan goes on the road to take on Sparty. Of course, Michigan State, Mel Tucker's first year. They upset the Wolverines a season ago. Two different teams, though, than the 2020 editions of that. The number currently four, Michigan favored on the road. So were you guys surprised at this line when you saw it when it came out? Uh, to an extent, I, I just. What did, you, what did you think it was going to well, be? I thought Michigan would be higher. Quite honestly, I mean, not not oh. significantly, but maybe six. Okay. Okay. See, I thought it was going to be Michigan one, okay. one and a half. Yeah. So, I, I just think that home field advantage is big yeah. here. Michigan State has actually. Are they better? Maybe not, but they've owned the series eleven and two against the spread the last thirteen games. They uh, had a bye week to heal up and also game plan. 
Running games, both teams really good. I mean, mm-hmm. Hassan Haskins, number 25, number two, Blake Corm for Michigan, really good combo. They've averaged, uh, uh, you know, a couple hundred yards a game, uh, 13 and 31 total yards between the two and 10 touchdowns. But Kenneth Walker, the third, mm-hmm. the transfer from Wake Forest, 997 yards, nine touchdowns by himself, and he's averaging 6.6 yards per carry. They win this game. He's headed to New York. Uh, and he'll be in the top three in the Heisman voting here. Uh, we know for sure uh, we've seen Peyton Thorne. He's led his team back from, you know, when they were behind. I don't know if Cade McNamara can do it if they fall behind here. And if they do, he's going to have to throw into the teeth of the Spartans covered two defense here. I like Michigan State, wrong team favorite, 24-21. Yeah, there's a lot of that going around. Yep. A lot of Sparty yep. love out there. Uh, let's do yep. the two locals, Lee. Let's start with the yep. Cyclones. They are on the road in Morgantown. Tough place to play. Iowa State coming off a real physical win over Oklahoma State. West Virginia's kind of spinning their wheels a little bit. Clones a touchdown. How do you see it? So I think Iowa State's better. Uh, you know, if they hadn't played that game last week, you know, i probably – would side with them, but this is the fourth road game in six weeks. West Virginia, they go as Letty Brown goes, and uh, once he starts running, he's pretty tough to stop. Uh, last week, 111 yards, three touchdowns. They finally got him untracked. Uh, Iowa State pretty much won their Super Bowl last week. It seemed like the way they celebrated after that win over Oklahoma State, and even though Iowa State has owned West Virginia, I'm going to say not this year. It ends this year. I'm going to call for the upset, West Virginia. 27-24. Wow. All right. Let's yep. see if we can get another upset the other way here in the state. Iowa, they're getting three and a half in Wisconsin against the stinking Badgers. What do you got here? <laughs> yeah. I you know, I don't know if I can remember a team winning 30-13. to 13. I've seen you know teams win scoring 17-20 points. But when a team scores 30 points and a quarterback goes 5 for 8 for 52 yards, that's alarming. <laughs> and I know that Wisconsin... Uh, has won 15 straight times versus Purdue. Uh, Purdue, just a dreadful performance. Five turnovers, they allowed six sacks. Iowa just can't play Purdue. I don't know what it is. I think it's a combination maybe of the good receivers. They have trouble. Wisconsin, what they should have done, they should have gone in the transfer portal and gotten some receivers, and they might be dangerous. But in this matchup, I think they've got problems. I think the Iowa run defense allowing just 2.7 yards per carry, and they've held six of seven opponents under 98 rushing yards will be the difference. The wrong team is favored here again. Iowa, 23-20 over the Badgers. All right, your uh, your game of the week is uh, in the Big Ten, and it's in the Big Ten West. It's Northwestern and Minnesota. Minnesota's favored by a handful. They seem to be playing their best football. Uh, If the audience wants uh, some help with your game of the week, how do they get a hold of you, and what can they find once they get there? Just call that number, 800-400-9741. Give you this game for free. I found something that should make a big difference in this game. I think I can put you on the right side, 800-400-9741. And like I said, if you've never been with me before, or you're just doing one sport, five sports, all five sports, football, basketball, World Series baseball, hockey, and two USC cards this and next weekend. They're huge cards. We might have six or seven selections on both of them. 65, 70 selections over the 10 days. Just a hundo. A hundred dollar bill. ParamountSports.com. Also check out the website. We revamped the website. Check out the, the background. We've got a Halloween background on the main video and I've got other free pick videos. So let's see. You, you want to see me break down and predict other big games like Georgia and Florida, Houston and undefeated SMU. Check out all those videos. 
ParamountSports.com. Lee Sterling, thank you, Lee. We'll talk to you in a week. Appreciate it. Okay, good. See you. Good to talk to you. Lee Sterling, ParamountSports.com. More Sparty love. West Virginia. First that's I've a, heard of that. A, yeah. It's a tough spot for Iowa State. A lot of Cyclone love this week. Really building. Yeah. Dangerous? Yeah, I think. I think Iowa State wins, but seven seems like a lot. Hmm. Uh, Dave Sinekin, TheHeadCheese.com. We'll do Thursday Night Football next. 1460 KXNO, 106.3 FM.